Thanks for joining us on Joy Church Podcast. Our Sunday services are held at 1030 a.m. at 4120 Highway 50A in Fernley, Nevada. To stay up to date with what's going on at Joy Church, check out our website at www.joychurch.life. The following message is presented by our senior leader, John Poundstone. This is the first Fundamentals Sunday of the year. I'm up here today. I don't think there's any more important fundamental than what I'm bringing today. I think it is the fundamental of the faith, of the Christ follower, of the, quote, Christian walk, unquote. I'm going to go so far as to say, when I look back a year from now, I think this may prove to have been my most important message of the year. I really mean that. I brought a message on January 1st. It so happened that New Year's Day this year was on a Sunday. And we devoted that message entirely to prophetic leadings that we heard last fall. That was just 30 days ago. So... I don't know about you, but so much life has happened in the last 30 days, and I can't even remember that message. It was kind of fun to review it. It is up on the website. I encourage you to go listen to it. So this absolutely takes that message into the next level and a step higher. Coincidentally, or maybe not coincidentally, Tim Navarro brought a message last week about um, why we should commit to God. Who all was here? that. Yeah, it's worth listening to again. Very much so. It's excellent. And it's up on the, G- the joychurch.life uh, website. So if we haven't shown that first slide, Tim, may we now? So maybe for the benefit of the recording, can you guys call out what the title of the message is today? Hide or go seek. Hide or go seek. I know that's a little different from the kids game. Um... And you'll see why here in a minute. For those that are not looking at this at the moment, there's it's a kind of a palm frond. I don't know. Are those palms or ferns or bamboo? I don't know. doesn't matter. But they're beautiful. And there's a tiger looking out through it. He does look friendly. I thought so too. Yeah. Maybe Maybe there's a tiger of Judah too. Not just a lion of Judah. I don't know. All right. Tim, may we please, or Dina, may we please show the next slide. All right. Now, back on January the 1st, 30 days ago, part of the prophetic vision that we cast for 2023 was that it was going to be a year of character development, both individually and corporately for all kinds of different group entities, enterprises. What we also said, and I've said it several times since in lots of settings, it is going to be a year where, remember the old saying, fish or cut bait? And there are others that are more vulgar that I won't repeat. Um, and I said, I used words like, this is a, this is a year where we, God's going to really move, accelerate toward purifying 
his church, purifying our walk. It's going to be a year for those who try to mix Gospels to find themselves in a very different position um, than those who don't. So the Lord says, all of these scriptures, they're up there on the screen. I don't think I need to reread them, but I, I do like the little comments I put. The linen and wool thing, that's a fascinating study if you're a Bible nerd. You can get into it in Deuteronomy. The wheat and the tares, or the wheat and the weeds. That rings a bell with some of you, right? I encourage you to go look at it. I put there, after Jesus said what he said about that, I said, bam! Wow! Jesus said, you want my new wine? Get you a new wineskin. That's a little different paraphrase, but... Oof! You want to be justified by your performance, by deeds, by what you do right and what you do wrong, and so forth? Galatians chapter 5 tells us that you're severed from Christ, that you've fallen from grace. Whoa! So it's not like that. It's not like that he's not telling us this pretty clearly in the Bible. And uh, Jesus said, "You cannot serve two masters." Don't even think about it. I don't. I think that's so holy and high. I don't think I should add a comment. Jesus said, "You're either with me or you're against me." I mean, there's no. There's no, in every translation that says that, and in context, it says that you cannot make that. You cannot soft soap that. There is no middle ground. Jesus warns individuals and nations about becoming judged. There will be a day, there will be a time when individuals and nations are judged in a final fashion. And you'll be among the sheep as a person or as a nation or among the goats. Which one would be more pleasant? The sheeps by far. Yowzers, I put down there. <laughs> now, let me tell you that those are spoken not in, not in the tone of the mighty smiter in the sky. Those are spoken in the, in the, in the tone of, look, I need to put y'all on formal notice. I, I don't mix stuff. I am God. I designed the whole thing my way, and it turns out that I am the head of all. And I, I, my, I am pure and I want my church that way. So I'm telling you these things out of love. Out of love. That you don't mess up and don't get all I have for you and end up in an existence that you don't want. I want you in the existence I have for you. How's that? Did that kind of make sense? He's a loving God. He's never not a loving God. He tells us these things. So that we are put on notice. Don't get it twisted. It's real. The thing about it is, he gives us a path too. He and he gives us the tools. He gives the he gives us the patience and the steadfastness and the love and the mercy to accomplish it, to become day by day more purely his. He's a good God. He's a good God. He's a good God. Let me just follow up on that a little more. As for me and my bride and my house and all the things that he has 
trusted us to lead. In 2023, that's where we going. It's important that I tell you that, because come June, come July, come August, if the church feels, looks, acts completely different, isn't the same atmosphere, doesn't seem to be doing the same things, I don't know that that's going to happen. But if it does, I said on January 29th, that's where we're going. Okay? Last thing about this slide. Again, all we lead, all we do to the best of our ability. That's what we're doing. I have an urgent desire that none be left behind. That's why I want to put the notice out there. And maybe we've missed it. It's entirely possible that we haven't heard God. But for now, we believe we have. So, you know, everybody has a vision of what a good church is or a successful church is. This person over here really believes that the definition of a good church, a healthy church, are these things. I, I don't know. Maybe it's secret friendly. Maybe it's really great technology. Maybe it's warm and welcoming. Maybe it's social justice. Maybe it's mercy and maybe it's helping hands and maybe it's um, holiness and maybe it's speaking in tongues and operating in the gifts. Do you see where I'm going? Everybody has their own vision of what a great church is. And when you have multiple vision, that's called division. Division. So, <laughs> there is one vision for every church. Because every church has a head. And the head of every church is Jesus. It's only his vision that counts. Now, every leadership team, every council, every group of elders, every senior leader, does their best to capture what Jesus' vision is for the work that they're leading. That's why we honor and celebrate everybody else and what they're doing. Because their vision from him is uniquely their own, and we celebrate the diversity of those things. Now, what we are doing, just this is the end of the final notice, or this, the formal notice right here. What we are doing, whether it's awkward, whether we're doing so elegantly, whether we're doing so like a ballet dancer or like an utterly, like an utter klutz stumbling, we are doing our very best to see that vision that he has for this work and to follow it at all costs. Why? Because of this slide. Because we actually really care. So this is not a lecture. This is not the principle of the school laying down the rules. This, this is, this is to the best of my ability, me trying to be bold in love and in humility. Can you receive that? 
Hide and go seek. May we have the next slide, please? Hide and go seek. I had no idea. Anybody play hide and seek or see anybody ever play hide and seek when you were kids? Sure, of course, right? Did you know that it had originated in Greece in the second century? It's recorded. <laughs> Did you know that there is an international competition of adults that play hide and seek in Italy? Did you have any idea that they tried to make it an Olympic sport? I don't think I'd turn my TV on to watch that. Yeah. I thought it was fascinating. Did you see up there what the grand prize is for the winner? Ha! 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 Where does that come from? Maybe Genesis chapter 3? Maybe see the next slide, please. Okay, this is terrible grammar. Who seeked first? You all know the story. They were told, Adam and Eve were told not to eat the fruit of the forbidden tree. They got tricked, they got duped, they got deceived. She did. He abdicated his headship. And they had consequences. So we're to that point where she has just, and he has, and Adam has just. And this is what happened. Immediately, their eyes were opened, and they realized they were naked, vulnerable, and ashamed, so they sewed fig leaves together for coverings. They took the matter into their own hands. Then Adam and his wife heard the sound of Yahweh God passing through the garden in the breeze of the day, so they hid among the trees, concealing themselves from the face of Yahweh God. Then Yahweh God called Adam's name and asked, Go ahead. Where are you? Adam answered, I heard your powerful presence moving in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked. So I hid. <laughs> hmm. Let me tell you some really interesting things that stem from these scriptures. More above and beyond the game of hide and seek. Fig leaf. What is the only thing that Jesus ever cursed out of his mouth? A fig tree. It's the, it's the symbol of what we hide behind to cover our spiritual shame. In the original language, the sound of God's voice. The voice, in the original language, the voice travels throughout the garden. It's from an indefinable source. God didn't walk in the garden on feet. God walked in the garden in presence in presence. He was everywhere around them. They were in him. So the voice came from everywhere. It traveled all through the garden. It came from all directions at once. It was so easy to hear. Now, Adam could have gone to God immediately to beg mercy and forgiveness. Isn't that a hypothetical that could be true? But what did he do instead? He ran and hid. So God asks this question. God knew where he was, right? Why did he ask Adam that question? 
because he wanted Adam to gain insight. The very first question, first, first instances, first appearances are very important in the Bible. This is the first time in the first place where God asks a question. The question, the very first question God asks in the Bible is, where are you? The very first question of the New Testament, Jesus is born, he's a toddler, King Herod asks, where is the child who is born king of the Jewish people? Matthew 2, 2. Where's the king of the Jews? He's a toddler. Very first question, first appearance of a question in the New Testament. It's a pretty good question for you and me to continue asking. Where is this Jesus? The very first statement made in the New Testament by Jesus is he is think in a whole new way, repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. Right? It's the very first thing after he's baptized in the River Jordan and comes back from the wilderness. First statement. The very next day is the very first question Jesus asks in the New Testament. He was baptized yesterday by John the Baptizer. In John chapter 1, in the verse 30s, we find out that John's doing his thing, and Jesus walks by. This is day two, and John the Baptizer says, Behold the Lamb of God, who, for, who uh, takes away all sin. <laughs> First question Jesus asks, because two of John the Baptizer's disciples come up to him. The very first question Jesus asks in the New Testament is this. John chapter 1, verses 38 and 39. What do you want? What do you want? I don't know the tone of voice. What do you want? What do you want? Let me read the verses. The very next day after he baptized Jesus, John was there again with two of his disciples as Jesus was walking right past them. John, gazing upon him, pointed to Jesus and said, Look, there's God's Lamb. Verse 37. And as soon as John's two disciples heard this, they immediately left John and began to follow a short distance behind Jesus. Then Jesus turned around and saw they were following him and asked, What do you want? Ah, they answered well. This is a question that should be asked of every follower of Jesus. What do you want in following me? A ministry? Money? Possessions? Status? Attention? Escape? Answers to prayer? Or do we simply want to be with him? Again, the first question God asked to Adam and Eve was, Where are you? The first, question, the first words of God, man, were, What do you want? And the disciples of John answered, well, they basically said, well, where do you live? We want to go with you. We just want to go with you. If I had a mic, I'd drop it, a handheld mic. And that's the very substance of the message this morning for you and for 2023. Don't take a nap yet. I have some bonus content. I'm going to refresh for you some of the things that we said back on 
January 1st, 30 days ago. So the next question is, what do you want? Well, I want to follow him. In 2023, we had some very specific leadings and direction we, we hope, we think, will help us individually and as a uh, faith community, a tribe, accomplish this. Here are some excerpts. May I please have the next slide? The first thing is follow. Every time his disciples were asking him the hows and the whats and the whys and the whens and the rules and the roadmap and the ropes of the game, Jesus said what? Follow me. Follow me. So if we set our minds to follow Jesus as Christ and King, to awaken, to acquaint, to align, to arise, to act, to activate. I'll call this my A game. The A game. Because they all start with A. Preachers like to do things like that. Awaken. Acquaint. Align. Arise. Act. Activate. Separate under Christ. Some of you are visual. So if you can imagine this, taking your hands, taking them straight out, turning your palms up, putting it, putting everything that's yours in those, whether it's your doctrine, your identity, your beliefs, your agenda, your traditions, your, even your social constructs, who's your tribe, and offer them up. Offer them as an offering. Should I hold on to these or do you want to take them, Jesus? Jesus is beyond the, the king and the Christ. He's also the head. He's the headship in life. He's headship in marriage. He's the head of marriage. He's the head of family. He's the head of the church. What does that mean? I hope you'll explore that more and more and more in 2023 and beyond. I tried really hard to tell you kind of the direction that we're going for 2023 because 2024 and beyond is coming. This sets us up well. They've been talking about, we've been talking, many people have been talking about a tsunami. It will come rolling in, in 2023 of some kind. And I want to be among those paddling into the wave and not getting left behind. I, we're going to do our best to try to make this effort, this work, our gatherings, everything about them, something worthy of attending that pleases God and helps people. So we hope that you will make as a higher priority devoting time and resources to those areas where you truly believe will help you attain closer, better fellowship of Jesus. We hope this is one such place. We hope, we believe there will be lots of choices throughout 2023. We're already talking to people that we might bring in. Other churches, maybe businesses, maybe other organizations are going to bring people into our region. Maybe there will pe be people who are who are um, buried treasure right now become unearthed in our region that are really worthy of paying attention to throughout the course of 2023. My whole point is swing your satellite dish toward where Jesus is being made first, wherever it may be in 2023. Was that a good analogy? Does it make sense? 
Many of you have had words of wisdom, words of knowledge, or even prophetic declarations made into you and over you throughout your recent years or past years. And at the time, maybe you took that prophetic word and you said, whatever, and you stuffed it in the drawer. And Or maybe you said, this is absolutely, absolutely spot-on awesome. This is me. This is, all, this is totally valid. But you didn't know how to take the first step, so you just sort of, you know, parked it. This, this is a really good year over the course of the year to recall, bring to your recollection things you've put in a journal that the Lord has spoken to you, things that people have spoken over you or into you who are credible, good followers themselves, and really pray over those again, because this may be the year where they really begin to take place, where they really begin to grow and multiply. Quickly go through the next two slides. There is no more important priority than to pray. Next slide, please. This is part of what we devote Saturday nights to. Just please quickly read that. I don't need to read it out loud or expand on it. It's pretty straightforward. I really hope, I really hope that I, I can totally expand my emphasis and time on prayer. I hope I will say yes to prayer more and more and more, even when it means saying no to other things I think are more urgent or important. There isn't anything more important. You good? Have you read the slide? Next slide, please. So those are two actions, follow and pray. But this is a this is the mindset that we talked about 30 days ago. The words seem a little bit confusing until you read them aloud slowly. So speak these over to yourself, over yourself, and then you can say yes or no later. Go ahead and direct yourself to over these things. Please read these aloud over yourself. Go ahead and mutter. Ready, read. So a few days ago, I don't know, two weeks ago and several days since, every now and again, I wah-wah to God. I really do. Every now and again, I start sniveling and asking him why and complaining and saying, what about me, what about me, what about me, what about me? Anybody else? And um, one of the things I was wah-wahing about was we've been at this Saturday night thing for so long, faithfully, consistently, every week, week in, week out. Every week we pray into it. We sometimes bring live music. We sometimes do this. Can you hear me sniveling? Pretty good job. I didn't quite get my whiny voice on just now. I don't think that plays well over the recording. But, I, you know, I, I, the questions were genuine. And I was being honest, but, you know, I can't say I was being a very mature leader when I was asking them. And um, sometimes, this ever happened to you? (laughs) Sometimes, when you're looking for answers, you just get questions back. And in the kingdom, questions are always far more important than answers. So that's the purpose of this Next slide. He asks the most interesting and penetrating questions. Not for his own edification. He knew where Adam was. 
He already knows the answers. Instead, he wants to swing wide the door and invite us in to insight. He wants us to gain insight. He's trying to activate the Holy Spirit that's inside of us when he asks these questions. Where are you? Instead of with me, where are you? The same as he asked Adam. How'd you get there? You've been playing hide. I've been playing seek, he says. You turned your back. Well, how'd you get there? What caused you to do that? What has captured your heart, your soul, your mind, your strength? What, on this one, this is the first one he asked me. And I, oh, wow. When did my all-sufficiency become insufficient for you? Whose face, whose presence has become more desirable than mine? Why do you first point your thoughts, choices, time, and words to the soulish things of this world, pointing out good and evil, classifying according to good and evil, resort to human thinking, resort to self-preservation? How come? How come you? Why? Why is it so important that you self-protect, self-defend, self-promote? Where did your hunger and thirst for deep connection with me go instead? When will you foremost choose intimacy with me? Time, attention, devotion. What will it take for you to seek me first? He doesn't say that. He didn't ask me out of disappointment. He didn't ask me out of condemnation. He didn't ask me out of, I'm disappointed in you. He asked me, I really love being with you. I really love it when you're with me. In the garden, who seeked first? God did. God did. He still does. He's constantly, capital S, seeker. He is the seeker. By seeking him, guess what happens? He finds us. That's how it works. So why do we seek him? So he can find us and be with us. He says, oh, there you are. I love it when I get to be with you. After all, I am, I am, who knew you before time began, who designed and destined you, who called you, who justified you, and who glorified you, Romans 8, 29 and 30. That's who I am. I want to be with you. I made, I'm, look. I wrote a poem. I put a name on it. It's yours. It's you. No wonder I want to be with you. I love you. How are we doing so far? 2023. Seek. Seek. Funny how that word came up so much in, in uh, Shifter before service this morning. Funny how that came up so much in worship this morning, huh? So what do you do? What do we, how do we put feet to this? How do we actually make it happen? Thank you for asking. May I have the next slide, please? Okay. Our mentality is to become. Become a becomer. It would be very easy, especially in churchianity, to use a carrot and stick mindset. The carrot is, I'm lovely, I'm lovely, I, I, I want you to be with me, and so forth and so forth. But the mighty smiter in the sky, he will. 
your little bunny Foo Foo, he's the bad rabbit. What? Who, who does smack? Who does smack little bunny Foo? No, no, it's bunny Foo Foo's the smacker. Little bunny Foo Foo. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Right. This is not little bunny Foo Foo. There's no carrot and 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 um stick mentality that 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 arises out of self-indulgence and looking for a reward the reward is christ the consequence you don't need to worry about consequences you're doing life life will bring you all the pain you need and more you don't need to worry about god doing that because life's going to do it for you right authority and power are not the reward they're an outcome, and that's awesome. It's like Tim said last week, the reward is proximity. The reward is you get to be close to the living God. You get to, you get to be with the magic, the majestic sovereign. He, Christ is the reward. The person of God is the reward. You get to be with him. Seek God. Seek his face. Seek his presence. It's the single most important thing in the Christian walk. Don't take my word for it. Who else said it? Jeremiah. In the book of Jeremiah. Isaiah. In all the things in the prophecies that Isaiah said. Daniel said it. In the book of Daniel. Jesus said it numerous times. The apostle Paul said it in every epistle and actually in the pastoral letters too when I think about it. The Apostle Peter said it and the Apostle John said it, to name a few. It's, it's number one. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Well, how? How do you do that? Just find the king. Because wherever the king is, is what? It's where the kingdom is, isn't it? There's a new king of England, right? Yes? What's his name? King Charles. Anybody in the world at any time can find out where King Charles is. 24-7-365. How? Because everywhere the king or the queen, but everywhere the King Charles goes, wherever he is, they raise a special little triangle flag. Wherever that flag is flying, Balmoral, Windsor, all the other castles. If he's on a if he's on a ship or a boat, if he's on a train, wherever he is, that flag is flying. You want to know where the king is? Follow the flag. Find the flag. Find the flag. The king is ready, willing, and able. He's the seeker. He seeks first. Listen, pay attention. Let him draw you, because he will. Funny that. Another word that was used this morning in uh, comments, comments from the platform was the word exodus. Remember when somebody, I think it was Alexandria, who said that, the word exodus? So that third bullet point, embrace metanoia. That's the Greek word for repent. Here's what repent really means. I'm over here, 
I totally get how Fernley works. I'm very comfortable in Fernley. I know the rules of the game. I know the ups and the downs. I know the ropes of Walmart, Ranch House, every place. I know how the roundabout works. I know what to watch for. When I'm coming over the bridge at the roundabout, you too. Do I make room for the crazies that are going to swoop in and try to get in my... Or do I box them out? I know how to live in Fernley. Plop me down in Shanghai. There's a transition. I need to know the ropes, right? And the language and the customs. and It's a whole different world. This is metanoia. This is repent. It's going from the known and the familiar. It's the chasm between Fernley and Shanghai. Between the ways of the kingdom of darkness, the ways of the world, and the kingdom of God. Repentance is metanoia. It's the exodus between the two. That's metanoia. That's repentance. How long did the Jews spend in the wilderness? Forty years. It is said they could have done the same journey in how long? Eleven days. I'm guessing the men didn't ask for directions. Seriously, seriously, God is with us. If you want to go the scenic route and hang out in the wilderness and blunder and wander around as long as you want, he will try to make it easy to find your way back to him. But if you stick to him, if you find his presence, if you stay in it, if you refuse to let it go, if you play, if you do not play hide from the seeker, you can make a 40-year journey. In 11 days. Meantime, when we make the wrong turn, he's no less with us. Metanoia, that's what repentance is. Embrace it. Embrace it. Yes, there's going to be tension. <laughs> you go from Burnley to Shanghai, you ain't going to be comfortable for a minute. So forget comfort. He's with you. He will show you. And that last bullet point, I mean, it goes without saying, but please go ahead and say it anyway. <laughs> seek first, seek foremost God, His face, His presence. Say yes, say yes. Prioritize. Spending time in His Scripture, in His Spirit. Get, it, get to know the Holy Spirit. He's a wonderful person. Spend time in His habitat. What's the habitat of the kingdom of God? Fellow God chasers, fellow newborns, reborns. John 15, John 17, God says, abide in me as I abide in him. Abiding, ab it's all abiding. The Bible cites seeking God more than 150 times. Must be important, wouldn't you say? If you go to the JC Family Connection Facebook page right now, there is a handout that you can download that has 101 plus verses all about seeking God. I want to make this as easy for you as possible, but you need to invest in it. I didn't bring it to you, print it, and hand it out to you, spoon feed you. No, please consider. I don't. That's not mean. That's like you need to invest in your own discipleship. 
please go out to the JC Family Connection Facebook page. It's right there. Download it. You don't have to print it. Read them aloud. Speak them over yourself. Speak them over your family. Translate them to first person. At least put those scriptures in you about seeking God. Come Saturday nights. You know, in any given 168-hour week, pretend you slept eight hours a night, there are 112 available hours. One hour on Saturday night is less than 1% of your week. I did the math, not in my head. Oh, but John, it's not just the one hour. I got to get the kids ready. I got to get up. I got to touch up my makeup or I got to put on a clean shirt. I got to get in my car. I got to drive all the way there. Sometimes the roads are ugly and so forth. And it's, it's at least 90 minutes counting the commute. Okay. All right. That's 1.5% of your week. One one hundred. Fallon folks, a little more. Sorry. At Seek, one thing we started to do last night was we started to assemble a nice little Seek book. It's a little inexpensive journal book with a nice purple pen because we you wouldn't want to not match the chairs. And um, <laughs> in there, we also put a nice little double-sided handout that tells you exactly a step-by-step -step method for Seeking. And then on its reverse side, it has 11 or 12 key verses that you can read, speak over yourself, and so forth. So after the message ends in approximately three minutes, you're going to be out of here on time. Um, you can race up here and try to be and be real Christian and knock down all the other Christians to get yours first. <laughs> or you can go across to that table. Because right on that table are communion elements, and you should, I'm going to invite you to take as many home as you want to, because there's no better way to, to obtain, acquire, or renew the Christ in you than partaking in genuine communion. Also, all three components of these are on that table, and there's a little table to the right. You can walk over there, pick up the first box, pick up the handout, pick up the pen, put it all together on the table. It's yours for the taking. Nobody's going to even pay attention whether you did. So if you can't make seek and you want to spend an hour of your life, 1% or less of your life each week, seeking the presence, seeking Him, I don't know, it's a little kind of handy kit with some guardrails, some handrails, and some guidelines. It's all available for you to assemble and take. Participate. Invest. Here's the closing. The kids game hide and seek. Those of you who played it, some of us grew up in neighborhoods where it was really, really a big deal. Anybody? How does each game end? What's that? Yeah, so who, 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 who? <laughs> But what is the it? Whoever is it, the finder, the seeker, what does he or she call out? The last one. All, okay. 
Ollie, Ollie, oxen free. Remember that? Ollie, Ollie, oxen free. And all the successful hiders came in. I'm telling you today that the very God of the universe is crying. Ollie, Ollie, oxen free. I'm it. I'm it. I'm the it. The I am is the it. He is saying, Ollie, Ollie, oxen free. Come out of hiding. I see you even though your back is turned to me. Turn your face to me, your heart. Come, come back. Let me fill you up with everything I have for you. How does the game, the it, we start the start of the game now, right? And we count backwards from some number while everybody goes and hides, right? And then what is what is the what does it call out? Ready or not, here I come. He's saying, "Ollie, ollie, oxen free." You're saying, "Yeah, filthy or not, uh, cleaned up or not, or ready or not, here I come." Because you're good. Because you're good, and you're right here, right. I'll close with this as a benediction. It's Proverbs chapter 18, verse 10. Quote, verbatim, The character of God is a tower of strength and a bed of flowers for the lovers of God delight to run into his heart and be exalted on high. Run. Amen. Thanks again for joining us on Joy Church Podcast. We want to personally invite you to our Sunday services at 1030 a.m. held at 4120 Highway 50A in Fernley, Nevada. To find out more about the Joy Life, be sure to visit www.joychurch.life. See you Sunday.